Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Let's go to Romans chapter number 10. And I trust that the Lord knows what we need this morning. Appreciate the good singing. Thank you for singing out. Thank you for having a little grace with me as we've changed things up just a little bit. And uh, trying to minimize the casualties and all the changes by just trying to handle it myself as the Lord led. But we'll get back to a little bit more familiarity with what we're going to be doing and spread things out a little bit to eat more equally. All right? So appreciate the grace with that. Let's go to Romans chapter number 10. And uh, I'm interested in verse number 15. All right? may seem like a little out of character for the, what, the way we've gone thus far this morning, but I trust that the Lord will help us tie this all back together, our Lord being our helper, all right? Let's, let's stand for one verse of Scripture, if you will, okay? Romans chapter number 10, verse number 15. The Bible said, And the house shall they preach, except they be sent. As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, pray that you'd help us. Uh, never really dealt with these types of scriptures or these scriptures in this type of manner rather. Uh, just trying to be mindful of what you have for us as a church this morning. You know the need. Uh, Lord, I would be honest. I would say that sometimes I get hesitant to preach certain things uh, at, in certain services because of uh, maybe the crowd that might be there that we might personally feel could use something different and we get into trouble when we do those things. And Lord, we don't want to do that. We don't want to assign a message to a person or a people. Uh, never do we aim to do that. We know better than to do that. Uh, and so we're mindful of not doing it, although there is sometimes the, uh, the carnal nature that says we ought to, we know better than to. And so this morning we're just trusting that you'll help us as we look at these verses of Scripture and trust that you know that this is the Scripture that's needed for the hour. We'll thank you, praise you, give you glory and honor. We're leaning upon you, trusting you to help us. We need your help. We stand before this, your people, Lord, uh, honest before God and these people that we know not how to preach, and we're, we're sure of that, and we need you to help us if anything's good. Uh, out of this service, anything done that is good, it'll be because you've done it. We thank you, praise you, give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, I won't lie to you this morning. This verse of Scripture uh, has always bugged me just a little. Uh, number one, uh, I don't like feet. And uh, number two, I don't like showing mine, all right? And if I showed you mine, you'd know why, Amen. And so having said that, this, this verse of scripture is unique because it deals with the preacher. It, it deals with the fact that a preacher uh, cannot preach except he be sent and called, right? How, how shall they preach except they be sent? Who's, who's sending? Now, we understand that the Lord would have all men to be saved. So there's never a, a wrong person. There's never a person that should not hear what thus saith the Lord God. But you do understand that the Lord does send a preacher or put a, send a pastor to a particular church or a missionary to a particular field or whatever. We understand that preacher to be sin of God, right? And uh, so we don't necessarily, uh, I don't have a problem with education. As a matter of fact, I think it'd be good if more people were more educated in the word of God, not by man's wisdom, but by the word of God. 
but I fear that we've, we are producing a generation of preachers today that are not called of God, but they're, they're, they're daddy called, mama sent preachers that uh, think that they are going to do something by getting an education. And I understand today that we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God. I understand that. And we all should study, not just the preacher. Amen. Amen. Uh, but if you're saved by the grace of God, you need to have your nose in the Bible. But neither here nor there, uh, the Bible says, how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written. This is amazing. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and break glad tidings of good things. Now, I want you to understand the God that we serve is not the God that calls attention to parts of the body for the purpose of lustful feelings. Amen. So first of all, where is the beauty in these feet? It used to to make me feel weird when I read this verse of Scripture or heard this verse of Scripture mentioned. To my knowledge, I don't know that I've ever heard many messages preached on the preacher's feet. Okay? Uh, And it has a weird undertone to us as carnal people to think about feet. Most times they stink. And they're dirty, and we don't like feet. It's a, it gives you an icky feeling, right? But the, the Bible says how beautiful are the feet. Y'all looking at me pretty crazy this morning, so just smile. It'll be all right, okay? So said, how beautiful are the feet of them. And I'm, my shoes are going to stay on this morning, all right? So said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And I, I began to think about what these verses of Scripture could be meaning. Well, I want you, while we hold this scripture in our mind and think about it, I want you to go to Matthew chapter number 10. I want you to go to Matthew chapter number 10. If you'll hang with me this morning, we'll, we'll get through the, the, uh, the foundational part of this message and, and get to the, to the meat here momentarily. Matthew chapter number 10 is a portion of scripture where we find that the 12 disciples were instructed and sent out by the Lord. All right? But there's some instruction in this passage of Scripture to God's disciples, to the George Jesus' disciples. He tells them what they are to do. Then he tells them how to respond based upon the response that they are getting from the people in which they are sending out what thus saith the Lord. All right? So let's read here in verse 1 for just a moment. The Bible said, When he had called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, the first Simon who is called Peter and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, uh, the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, uh, and Labaius, uh, whose surname was Thaddeus. Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve, uh, these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not in the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. Notice with me, if you will, who they are being sent to. They are being sent, Brother Marvin, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Not unto the Gentiles. Uh, the Bible says here, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, as ye go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver, nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. Respect. We're talking about respect. Now, who are those that are worthy? Those that are worthy, we've stated before, are those that are willing to receive what God has to say. For as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. The, the idea here is reception. So God's sending out disciples and he's saying, I've got a message for you to bring. I've got something for you to do. I want you to work these miracles, the power that I've given you that points to me, you as followers of Christ, do what you do pointing to my deity. All right? Because we understood that Christ was rejected of his own. Why? Because he was known as a carpenter's son who was the son of who? Mary and Joseph. He was just seen as an ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill individual. And so verse 12 says, And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. In other words, do not bless the house that will not bless me. And that's still a principle today. If you want to be blessed of God, you better be blessing his name. Amen? So, and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your what? Your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. In other words, the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah will not compare to the judgment that will befall those that reject the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to notice that the dust of the feet of those that send good tidings and preach, thus saith the Lord God, those feet are exposed to the elements of the world. Now, those, in those days, I, you know, they wore a different type of attire on their feet than we do today. Their feet were out in the open to the elements of the world. Their feet were dirty and dusty and grimy from the walk that they had to take. And the, the, you understood where they went, they went because their feet got them there. There was an effort. There was feet on the ground, if you will, moving from place to place. Paul said, I've taught you publicly and from what? House to house. They went about carrying themselves to spread the gospel with the two feet that God had given them. Now God did give us two feet and two hands and two eyes and two ears and one mouth for his glory and for his honor. We live and we move and we have our being because of him and he expects us to use our faculties to bring glory and honor to him and to spread the gospel and to share the lost and dying world that this is the Christ. He did come and die. He did bleed. He did rise again. He did come for whosoever will accept him. Amen. And so we know that. But I, I began to think about how could dirty, grimy, nasty feet. You find that, that, that there was a washing of feet in the word of God. Why? 
That's a picture to us of being humbled, right? Now, you agree, I don't want to smell your stinky feet, and you don't want to smell mine, and I don't want you to. But the idea of seeing the foot washing in the word of God was a picture of being very humble. That's how humble you you are. That's why the Bible says when those that come to Christ must come uh, as a child does, with the faith of a child, right? Uh, Very humble. We get very prideful in our carnal nature. And so when you consider that, why were they washing feet? Because the feet needed to be washed. They were dirty. They'd put them in a basin or or a sponge and wash the grime and the filth from the travel off of their feet. And so I I began to think about that. The the feet were nasty. The feet were dirty. Now, you and I have got accustomed to to good Reeboks and Nikes uh, and and New Balances and all different kinds of flavor of shoe. And we go out here into this world and we don't actually travel a whole lot by our feet. There ain't as many miles on these legs as they were in those days because everywhere they went, they went by walking. You and I get in our vehicle and we drive somewhere. They spent a lot of time traveling on their feet. And I want to say to you, they did not have the gel insoles like we do today, right? They didn't have those things. They never heard of Dr. Scholes, right? And so what are you saying? I'm saying their feet were nasty, but their feet were calloused. Their feet, Brother Shane, were probably busted open, probably hard, probably just full of calluses. They were very grimy, I'm sure. They were tough, I would say, as nails. And I imagine that barefooted, they could run across a, 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 a rock driveway today and just keep on going, where you and I would be like, oh, I can't stand it. They would just be fine. Why? Because their feet were accustomed to it. From a lot of travel, from a lot of effort, from a lot of walking, from a lot of moving. Those feet were carrying the gospel house to house. So when we think about these beautiful feet, we're not thinking about feet that are pretty feet. It's kind of like a Bible. I had an old Bible one time that was falling apart and this little old lady grabbed that Bible and she began to cry and I could not understand what it was. Now I, I, I mustn't take the credit that Bible wasn't wore out for my reading. I was a young man and was not too interested in reading the word of God like I should have at that time, but the Bible was given to me. And she assumed that I had wore that Bible out reading it and it soft, her soft heart, it touched her heart that that Bible had been used that much. Was that Bible pretty? No, that Bible looked awful. It needed to be rebound, but it, you know, a, a, a Bible that's fallen apart is a life that's put together, Right? That's the concept that she had. Well, that's the same mentality that we're thinking of when we're considering these feet. They were grimy, and not only were they calloused and busted open and possibly bleeding, you go travel mile after mile on them feet. See what happens to your feet. Just like hands. You know, if we actually labor with the hands that we have, we get blisters. You know what those blisters are for? The blisters began to wear into your skin. You get blisters from friction. But the blisters, once they're gone and healed, they come back as calluses to actually protect your hands from that friction that will happen in the future. So somebody that doesn't have a lot of friction on their hands, their hands are not as rough. But by nature, they become more rough the more friction that you have. Why? Because of labor. It's no different than the feet. The feet of these men that were these disciples, I'm certain, were ugly feet were ugly feet because of what they had gone through. But they were a testament and a picture 
to the servitude and the willingness to do what God said. For everyone that seen those feet, they were witnessing and looking at something that was because that person had given themselves to the cause of Christ. So notice what the Bible says here. Verse 14 of Matthew 10. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Why shake off the dust of your feet? Now undoubtedly there was dust on their feet when they got there. Jesus don't say before you leave every house shake the dust off. He's saying those that won't receive you Shake the dust off your feet. Why? Their feet were dirty. Their feet were exposed. And so what what is dust? Think about that for just a minute. What is dust? Genesis 3.19 says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread uh, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Pride... And man's wisdom rejects that of Christ. But we are but dust, although we think of ourselves more highly than what we ought to think. Jesus is essentially saying, if they won't accept the word that you bring on my behalf, just leave them with what they already are. What they're going to have is more of what they already are. If you will not take me for what I am, if you will not accept me for what I am, if you reject the message that I send and that I've sent to you by these feet that are calloused, then you just go ahead and have more of what you are because what you are is going to send you to hell. And it would be better for them, uh, the the judgment of Sodom Sodom and Gomorrah doesn't compare to the judgment of one that rejects. So notice what I, want you to, uh, what I want you to see here is go to Acts 13 for just a moment. Because you say, well, this is the Gospels and this was the disciples. I want you to look at, at what, what happens here in Acts chapter 13. Now, if there was ever a church building chapter that one should look at when considering building a church, it would be Acts chapter number 13. If you want to read scripture that will help you understand how to grow in grace and and for a church to be planted and rooted and built, you look at Acts chapter 13. But go with me to Acts chapter 13 and verse number 46. Now you do know that in Matthew chapter number 10, the disciples were not to be sent to the Gentiles. Jesus made that perfectly clear in Matthew chapter number 10 when he commissioned the disciples uh, to go out to the lost lost sheep uh, of the house of Israel. And so uh, we find here that in uh, chapter 13 of Acts, the Bible said, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. Now, the Bible says here in verse 50, but the Jews stirred up the devout 
and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them. Notice that. The dust that they shook off was against them. It was a testament. They shook the, they shook the dirt off of their feet and their shoes uh, as a testament against them and came unto Iconium and the disciples were filled. Now, notice this. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Now, this spoke to my heart because we find here that they have been run out. They have been expelled for the message that they bring. However, they did not lose their joy in the process of all that had happened to them. Now, we mentioned this morning in Sunday school uh, as we were trying to teach and look that there is no doubt uh, a crowd that doesn't see it like we do. Even within our own ranks, there's a crowd that doesn't supplicate like we do or need them to do. And then there's a crowd that does not stay. We understand that. Paul, we talked about being that, having that revolving door where people always come in and come out of his life. They would help him a little while and then gone again. They would forsake him or leave him. And that times only Luke was with him, you know. Sometimes, that sometimes no man stood with him, but he said, the Lord stood with me. And so Paul understood those things. But Paul said, in the, and the Bible said, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. How is that possible? How can that be? How, how can they have joy? Because they took those beautiful feet that they had and they shook the dust off and just allowed them to have more of what they already were. Here's my message this morning and I'm done. Everybody look at me. That's crazy, ain't it? I'd be done. We get in such a situation sometimes where we linger and we whine and we cry and we mope because people won't receive the message that we bring. There's still an entire world that has to hear the word of God. And I fear that we get so rambunctious and caught up in trying to grab the few that won't take it that we forget the ones that might. And what you and I have got to do is this. We have to continue to pray, but we also need to shake the dust off our feet. It was good enough for the 12 that were called. It was good enough for Paul. And can I remind you this morning, Paul was a mission-minded preacher. Paul was a preacher that went out and, listen, we think about the church. Paul was a church-planning missionary, was he not? But what did he do? The Bible said that he went publicly and from house to house, he said, I, I, I spared nothing. I held back nothing. But how did, how did Paul start and plant and build churches? House to house. Now, we talk about how the church isn't much of a church if there isn't any homes in it that are, if the home isn't right, the church isn't right. We spend and emphasize a lot of time on the home because the homes are so out of whack today that the church, as a general rule, is out of whack today. If you look at it in regards to Scripture. 
And people get sick of home preaching. They don't want you preaching and they don't want you dealing with their home. It's my house and it's none of your business. You can find, if you read about Elijah, there was a place in the home for the man of God. And can I say, allowing the man of God to have part in your home, in that woman's home, made a big difference in her life and her child's life as well. But that's a different message for a different time. I don't want to get off there. But what I'm saying to you is, is Paul being mission-minded and going from house to house, he took the message, but when the message was rejected, he took the message elsewhere. Sometimes he was expelled, sometimes he was pushed out, whatever the case may be. And so here's what I'm saying to us as a church. Number one, to you as an individual, you need to get, you need to get mission-minded personally and realize that your ministry cannot be wrapped up in one or two individuals that do not want to hear what you have to say. Because there's a time where we have to step back, shake the dust off, and allow the Lord to do what the Lord has to do. I've listened to a lot of preaching earlier on in my life that I rejected as a young man. But by the mighty hand of God and God dealing with me in a particular manner that he understood to be the best way, he got me changed around and reverted my way of thinking. But we can't be, we can't be the preacher and be God at the same time. We're not God, we just send the message of God. Sometimes I, we get to that place where it's just nothing else, nothing is working, nothing is working. Let me say this very dogmatically. If God's word won't work, nothing will. We find that in Luke chapter 16 when we're dealing with the very matter of the rich man in hell. Abraham even stated, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. For they will not be persuaded if one come back from the dead. In other words, the Bible is it and then leave it alone and let God work it in their heart. Now that doesn't mean that, when, that you don't give a good word when a good word can be given. That doesn't mean you don't give a, 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 the, the word when the word can be given. But it means you don't devote your entire time to that one individual that will not accept what you have to say. Take it to somebody who will. Now I look at these missionaries that come by our church and they show us the slides and they open the word of God and they tell us what the Lord has done in their ministry. Some, you know, they've been on field for two years. Some been on the field for 10 years. Some, as we've seen the other night, their ministries have been on the field for 40 years. You look at their buildings. that They started with nothing, Brother Shane, and they have buildings and through a process of time, they've got a, a congregation built up. How did that happen? They didn't go down there to a church that was already started and tried to you know, put more people in a church that already existed. That's where we're at today. Now, I, 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 I think about this church like a church plant. This church isn't where it needs to be. We're looking for more souls to be saved, amen? We're looking for more membership here. We're looking for the Lord to work. That doesn't take away from anybody here. But we're not satisfied with where we are right now or we should not be. Amen? But how do we do more? How do you start from nothing? Now we know that little is much when God is in it and he takes something and can make something out of nothing because he's that kind of a God. God made something out of nothing when he saved me and set me on the right path. And so what are you saying today? I'm saying simply this. Paul 
accomplish something by moving his feet. Let me tell you what I'm scared of. The Bible doesn't say how beautiful are the rear ends of them that love the Lord. I'm afraid we got calluses on our tail. And we sit down for the glory and for the honor of God. And nowhere in the scripture do we find that we're to sit down for the glory and for the honor of God. And the only time we get godly minded or heavenly minded or Bible minded or spiritual minded is down at God's house when we're sitting on our blessed assurance. And the sad thing about it is, friend, it's the feet that count. What made them feet beautiful wasn't that they were born with pretty feet. There wasn't anything attractive about their feet. What made their feet beautiful was the price that those feet paid to carry the gospel. You know, you, you, they, you look at a foot on a human being that is probably so full of calluses and busted and broken and nasty and dirty and you think that was given for the cause of Christ. That's what makes it beautiful. It stinks like the rest of them. Sweats like the rest of them. Dirty like the rest of them. But why are they beautiful? Because the feet pay the price to get the gospel somewhere. And them feet are a testimony that they look like they look because the person that's attached to them loved the Lord enough to take the gospel. And, and unfortunately, we're spending too much time on those localized that do not want to hear it when we need to be out moving our feet, not sitting on our haunches. Now, I don't know where that falls into your life or where, where, what you do with that, but I, let me tell you what it means to me. It means I've got to work harder. I've got to do more. I've got to take more opportunities. I do pass out tracts. I do hand people tracts. I do invite them to church. But there are times when I don't. There are opportunities that are missed. And what does that mean? That means my feet. If I want my feet to be beautiful, they're going to have to, they're going to, have to have some calluses. They're going to have to crack open and bleed. They're going to have to do something for the glory and for the honor of God. How beautiful are the feet? I believe that you could look at the feet of the disciples. You could look at Paul's feet. And I believe that they were so unattractive that one could not help but look at them. Now, let me say something to you. People look at beauty, right? And they go, just mesmerized by beauty. Anything. The sky, the sunset, whatever. Mesmerized by beauty. There is things that are so ugly that it will mesmerize you. You get shocked by it. It grabs your attention. I don't believe the feet of these disciples were so pretty that somebody just could not help but think how well God formed them feet. I believe honestly what it was was that they were so almost deformed, Brother Marvin, that it caught the attention of the people that were around and they could not help but think, wow, them feet are different than them feet. Why? You figure up how many miles Paul walked. You figure up how many miles Paul traveled. How and why? To get the gospel. Churches were formed. Churches were planted. Churches can still be formed. They can still be planted. 
We expect something as a church out of our missionaries. We vet them very heavily. But I wonder if we had to sit under our own vetting, where would we stand? Now let me ask you something. If this church and these people were in a foreign country, you all, if we were in a foreign country, and I had to write back as a missionary uh, pastor to a church in the States about what we were doing for the glory and for the honor of God, would they want to support us? Or would they think that their money could be better spent elsewhere for the glory and for the honor of God? I'm only saying that because I wonder at times where does God stand with us and see us on what we're doing with what God has provided us. Now let me say this, we are mission minded and we are in a church plant stage in our church here in this community. But we've been blessed by God to be funded pretty well considering for the amount of people that we have here. And I believe that we probably are being blessed as well because we're taking monies and fundings and giving to other people that are spreading the gospel. And I believe missions is the heart of God. But I'll say this, if we want this place to be anything and do anything for the glory and honor of God, we're going to have to take our, what we think are beautiful feet and really turn them into biblical beauty. We're going to have to make sure that we're moving our feet for the glory and for the honor of God. Let me say this, uh, people may run from the preaching of God. We see that. People may run from the pleading of God. We've seen that. People may run from the people of God. But people cannot run, run from your prayers to God. So what we need to do is shake the dust off our feet And pray because folk can't outrun prayer and then get serious about doing something in this lost community for the glory and for the honor of God. Vance Havner had this to say. He said, what we live is really what we believe. Everything else is just so much religious talk. I'm not going to go to the house and open the refrigerator if I know that lunch is not in there. But I'll go down there and open it here at lunchtime because I know there's food in there. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't waste my time. We as God's people are only doing what we believe. If you're not doing anything, you're not believing in anything. Why? Because it's all cliche in 2021. There's not much meat or substance to what we say or do anymore. Here's what I'm saying to you. Paul hit the ground running. He put his feet in the dirt. Paul moved his feet and Paul put miles on his feet that made his feet so grotesque that when someone said it, seen it, that I believe got saved by his marvelous, I believe when he come back with Marvin and visited the churches that he'd planted. And he looked at the churches and they seen his feet. They cried and wept and said how beautiful are the feet of them that send good tidings because they knew what had been given for them to have what they had. If we want people to have what we have, we are going to have to have those kind of feet. And I fear that today we do not. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. Sister, if you'll come to the piano, no one looking around.
What's your definition of beauty this morning? You understand what God sees and how he sees is not how we see. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He does not consider things the way that we do. Our righteousness was as filthy rags, yet he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Why? Because he didn't see us for what we are or what we were. He seen us for what we could be. And spiritually speaking, I wonder how your spiritual feet are this morning. I wonder what your spiritual feet look like compared maybe to Paul's. If you need to do business with God this morning, let's do business with God. God's still wanting to plant churches. God's still wanting to save folk. God's still wanting to do something.